I just want to play football, that's all it is. Obviously, you know, I'm at the best team in the world. I know that, you know, the talent here is unbelievable. The players in my position are, you know, world-class players. Yeah, I just relish being on the pitch. I relish playing with the best players in the world and against some of the best players in the world. The official Manchester City podcast. Paul Dickoff, Calvin Phillips is our guest on this occasion. What are your thoughts ahead of, ahead of talking to Calvin? Yeah, really looking forward to it. I think we all know he's he's not just a top footballer, but he's, he's a really good guy as well. Um, very honest. Um, and just looking forward to hearing about his journey. You know, Obviously, playing for his boyhood club at such a young age, going through, and then obviously getting the move here to Man City. And it, it's going to be really interesting. Yeah, I'm delighted we've got him on because... He is so unaffected, isn't he? He's not kind of your typical footballer. He still seems like um, relatable, yeah. if you like. Do you know what I mean? He's a very normal, humble guy, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to getting to know him a little bit more, actually. I mean, you, you know him sort of reasonably well. I mean, what, what's your impression of him? He's just super, super humble guy off the pitch. Loves his football, 100% loves football, and is desperate, desperate the right word, just really wants to do so well here. You know, he had, had his injuries last season, um, maybe not worked out as what he thought it would have been when he came, but he's desperate to do well here. And I think I think getting minutes yesterday will do him the world of good. And I just hope he can he can get a run of um, injury-free few few months and then we'll see the best of them. He certainly looks in good shape. I mean, we're, we're recording this podcast actually the day after City have beaten Nottingham Forest and he came off the bench and, and gave a really good performance and, and looked sharp. And I think as well, we were, we were talking earlier, Paul, that there is a feeling, isn't there, of people wanting him to do well. And I think that comes from what you've just been saying about his humility and what a good person he is. People know that about him, don't they? They feel it, and therefore you're kind of like rooting for him a little bit, aren't you? Yeah, and I think everybody in the ground, from the fans to myself watching it, to the players on the bench, the players in the stand, the coaching staff, everybody in the ground when he came on, you just sensed that they wanted him to do so well. And I think that says a lot about his character and how he handles himself. Yeah, he's a thoroughly decent person. Right, let's get on with it then. Here it is, our interview with Calvin Phillips. How I started was probably just playing on the street. I've got a younger brother and me and my brother used to play out all the time. And I can remember being at primary school and I had two friends that played for Wortley Boys in Leeds, which was like a Sunday league grassroots team. It's now Wortley Juniors. They asked me if I wanted to come because I must have seen, obviously at school, that I was playing a lot of football and stuff. And his dad came to my mum and was like, oh, well, I'd love to take him. And I went and I think it just went from there. Me and my brother just loved kicking kicking the ball around the street and and yeah, we used, used to just have a good time and um, even in the house, whenever we had a ball in the house, we used to be smashing stuff in the house and stuff, so mum would get pretty annoyed. Was there somebody along the way who kind of spotted talent in you and, and made you believe this is something I could do? It was more probably just my mum, really. She knew that, you know, it was probably better than, you know, the kids that I was playing with at the time and I started playing, you know, for the, the age group above and then two age groups above and I think when I got to that point I was like well if I'm playing a few ages above then you know I must be doing something right and then to be fair I didn't get scouted for a long time though I didn't get scouted until I was like 14 which I thought it was a good thing to be honest because you know I, I think when you're brought into a, an academy quite young it's quite there's quite a lot of pressure on you to perform every single year and yeah I never had that pressure I just got got to enjoy 
um, football with my friends and enjoy just playing football and having fun. But I think it works in different ways. Obviously, if you know, you're scouted young, you're getting top quality coaching from a young age and you understand the game a lot better. So you know, it kind of works in two ways. And luckily, I've been, I've been able to, you know, go through a different career path than many and, you know, I made my professional debut when I was 18, 19 at Leeds. So. Do you think that made you a bit more determined because you hadn't been through the academy system to that point that when you got that chance at 14, you were like, this is it now? Yeah, I think so. I think just at the fact that I've never, you know, I'd, I'd always been at the same team. I'd never really changed teams. I'd literally changed, changed club team probably six months before I went to Leeds on trial so um, yeah I think it was just the fact that you know I'd heard of a few people that had been scouted at a young age and you know by the time it came to like 16 scholar age they kind of just lost the love a little bit with football so but I've always loved football anyway me and my family always love football my brother as well and yeah we just I don't know it was just a little bit of luck I think I would get into the age where you know if I didn't quite get scouted at 14, 15, then, you know, I'd have to look at something else to do or I'd still play football, but I'd know that, you know, the chance to get scouted would probably, would probably fizzle out a little bit. But, you know, I was quite lucky in a way where I did get picked up at that age and, you know, I was introduced into a great group of people as well at Leeds United. So, um, so yeah. So that route in has just worked for you then, hasn't it? You know, it sounds like you got to enjoy the enjoy yourself enjoy the game and you weren't exhausted by the the system if you like before you entered it because you entered it a bit later now for other people like you say that might not work but for you that sounds like the ideal way of doing you it you want by choice to be honest no but as in just the way it's worked yeah yeah 100 percent. but yeah like i'd always you know i'd always be asking my mum if people would come up to her and spoke to me spoke to her about you know maybe going for trial somewhere and you know there's a few here in there middlesbrough huddersfield and and stuff like that but I kind of only wanted Leeds to be honest because that's the club that I supported and and yeah eventually it came and and I just thought this is my chance to you know kick on as a footballer now. What did it feel like to to make your debut your senior debut for Leeds you know the club you'd loved and all that kind of stuff it must be you must want to bottle that feeling and get it out anytime you need a, a boost for the rest of your life kind of thing. No yeah it's an amazing feeling you can't quite ex explain how good the feeling is for me it was just it was literally like I was playing in, you know, one of the younger age groups because I had so many younger players in the team at the time. I had about five or six players that I'd played with since I'd got to Leeds. So it was a lot more comfortable for me to, you know, enter the, enter the first team scene. But then after that, obviously, you know, Leeds were in a bit of a limbo. They were changing, dropping and changing managers all the time. So I just got to enjoy, you know, the experience at the time and, you know, I can remember that I can remember my first game for Leeds um was Wolves away, four three. We lost and it's still one of the best games yeah. I've ever played in. So tell us about Bielsa, because I know he obviously Pep has a a, mm -hmm. a very kind of uh, close ideological uh, connection with him, but um he really kind of improved you a lot, didn't he? In in pretty much every aspect of the mm -hmm. game. I mean, how important is it to meet somebody along your journey? Um, who who you just connect with and see something in you and he's so good at his job. Yeah, it's amazing. Obviously, I didn't um, really know much about him before he came to Leeds. I just knew that, you know, he was a very intense manager and, you know, you didn't really want to get on the wrong side of him. And, you know, from day one, 
you know, when he came in, you could just sense the aura about him, the way that he he worked and, you know, how passionate he was for the game. And and it was a little bit awkward because obviously he didn't know anybody's name, so he just named people by the numbers. And um, I can remember getting named number four and I looked around and I was like, eh, number four? Because I'd never played in that position before. I was not more like a number eight or um, played a little bit higher up. But yeah, it was obviously a decision that, you know, he looked at the way that I played and he knew that I'd fit into his system playing in that position. And How did you find that? Because you were, you were more further forward, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, As yeah. an attacking-wise. Yeah, it was difficult because obviously I didn't really see myself as a defender. Obviously, I loved the tackle and stuff, but, you know, defensive work wasn't really in my mind at that point. I was more just about getting on the ball, you know, spraying passes and then, you know, try to get in the box late and, and score a few goals. Um, but yeah, it was difficult at first. But then I think just in the way that he set up his drills and how particular he was and how much he wanted something, if he didn't do it right, we'd do it again. And you could be out on the training pitch for you know two hours, two, two and a half hours doing the same thing because he wanted you to be perfect at it. And, you know, you got to points where, you know, you were tired at some stage and you'd be like, oh, not Come on, gaffer, turn yeah. sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I think, you know, all in all is... You know the way that we worked definitely improved me as a player it improved me as a person as well and you know obviously you've seen you know the climb leads made when he first came in there and and yeah and obviously i got the chance to come to the best team in the world which you know is a lot of it's down to him as well you talk about leeds's climb there but your own personal climb pretty rapid really i mean when you think about you playing regularly in the championship and not long later you were a key part of england being you know making it to the first major final since 66. tell us about that i mean what was that like a bit of a blur or you know made, made your family proud along the way and must have been amazing yeah it was amazing um it was more like i was surprised at it to be honest at first when i obviously i first got called up for england and stuff that was a surprise because I was still playing in the championship. I think Leeds had just been promoted, but I'd not played in the Premier League before I kicked the ball for England. And um, and yeah, it was just, I don't know what it was. It was just, you know, whenever I went to England, I just worked hard and, you know, worked my socks off when I was there in training and uh, got along with the manager really well. And um, I think he kind of understood me as a player and as a, as a person as well. And you know, it just made it a lot easier for me to be comfortable around, obviously, all the big names that was in the England team. And because I'm quite a shy person, when I first go in somewhere, I don't really talk to anybody. I just kind of get a, do my own thing and get along with whatever I'm doing. And um, but yeah, the Euros was unbelievable. I can remember there was one game. Obviously, the Croatia game was a good game for me personally because I got the assist and I played well. But the I think it was the Denmark game when we won in the. Was it the semi-finals? I wasn't I watching. It was the semi-finals. <laughs> Scotland went out too early for me in that one, so. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was a Denmark game, and I can remember where we won that game in extra time. Obviously, emotions were all over, and um, we knew that we made it obviously, to the final. And I can just remember having my family in the stands and stuff, and we were just singing Sweet Caroline on the pitch, and all the fans were joining, and it was just, it was a moment that, I'll never forget. Yeah. Yeah. You talk a lot about your family, don't you? I mean, it's, you're a very sort of uh, family orientated person. One of the things I've always liked about you and the things that you say, you, I had a bit of a similar thing. So like my mother worked three jobs, didn't 
see her as much as I maybe would have liked when I was younger, but she did that to kind of, to, to give me a better life and, and what have you, which I think is something similar I've seen you say in the past. And then a byproduct of that is I spent a lot of time with my grandmother who was a very important person in my life as well. So just the influence of women for me has been really important. Is, is that an important influence in your life as well, that having a group of women who, who sort of rally around and try and make you the yeah, best I you think can be basically? Obviously, you know, a lot of people have heard my story, but you know, my mum was a single mum. She worked two, three jobs during the week, try and get food on the table and try and, you know, take us to football. And, you know, when I got scouted by Leeds, obviously I stayed in digs at, at the time because it was close to the training ground. So, and obviously it helped my mum out a lot because she didn't have to worry about one more mouth to feed or somebody to wake up for morning for school and stuff like that. So, um, Eased her load a little bit then, didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then, um, obviously, when my mum was working and stuff, she'd work all day, come home, uh, maybe have enough time to make us some food, or if not, we'd just she'd take us over to my grandma's and we'd stay at my grandma's all night until my mum finished work at night as well. And yeah, that's when I spent loads of time with my granny. You know, she was an amazing woman, um, very funny, very particular, but she was she had a very good humour about her. And um, yeah, I just love spending time with the women in my family. And I've been with my girlfriend since I was 14 as well. So I met met her before all the football started and stuff like that. So, and then I've got a twin sister and a younger sister. Who, you know, they always push me to be a better person, but they're also there for me when I need them as well. So one of your sisters are very organized and looks after things. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, she's just, she's probably just, she's a, I don't know. She acts like the oldest. Yeah. She's a young she's younger than me by a couple of minutes, but she acts like the oldest <laughs> sibling and she's very bossy, but she always gets stuff done and she always makes sure I'll say if it's mum's birthday or Valentine's Day, she always makes sure that I've got flowers for my girlfriend or present for mum or card for mum and stuff like that. So just making sure that I don't forget things. Yeah. I've got a sister like that. They're very, very useful, actually. <laughs> the uh, Paul, I was interested there. Calvin said, shy, you know, he's a shy person, maybe when he comes into a new squad. Did you ever experience that in your playing days where a new player would come in, you sense the the not, the, the force of personality and with the ways that you kind of coax them in a little I bit? I think even if you're not shy, it's, it's, it's difficult. I think like, you've only known Leeds till you came here and sort of going into England, so you... That's your that's your safety net, isn't it? Because you, you know the club, you know the team. That's such a comfortable environment to go into, and it's. I don't care what anybody says. You can be the most confident or be a little bit shy. It's it's really daunting when you go into a new club, because you want to you're grim with your peers, but you you don't want to you don't want to seem over arrogant yeah. or overconfident. You know, you you just want to be accepted more than anything else. And you know, any player that does that, you want to go and you want to be accepted by your teammates, the people within the club, and it's it takes a little bit of time for for the real you to come out, and that happens. Who helped you settle here? Because it's a squad of, you know, big names there. And coming into that is, I'm sure, is is massively daunting. But we've got a really good squad ethos and stuff like that. So w was there anybody particularly who was really good with you in that um, early period? I'd probably just say most of the English lads is like Carl Walker, John Stones, Jack Grealish, Phil Foden. They all, and Scotty as well. Because I've been at England with all them boys and then Scotty, I just knew he was a class guy and um, he'd always make me feel welcome anywhere. They just 
I don't know, they just helped me settle in. I don't know what it was that they did. They probably just involved me in a lot more things. Whenever we was going out for meals and stuff, they'd just say, oh, come on, come out for, we're going out for something to eat, do you want to come and stuff like that. So, and then there was obviously Stefan, who I'm really good friends with in the squad. He came at the same time as me, so I got along with him really well. And to be honest, I get along with everyone. Like at, at first, obviously I was quiet, but then, you know, once the nervousness and the shyness went away, I think, you know, I speak to everyone, I get along with everybody. And, you know, that's what type of person I am. I just, I, if I went to a new club, I'd just try my best to fit in as quick as possible and just make myself feel, you know, better every single day by speaking to people, getting different experiences and listening to other people's stories as well. It's a genuinely good dressing room, yeah. isn't it? I mean, yeah. Um, we speaking before, some of the coaches tell me that like, it's the best it's ever been mm -hmm. at, at this football club, you know, which is which is great. You seem um, a bit of a rarity in football because you, you, you're very relatable and almost unaffected by being a very good, famous footballer. Do you feel football's changed you in any way or are you still, still the same Calvin you were at 14? Um, I still feel I'm as young as... I feel still feel a lot younger than what I am. Obviously, I'm 27, going on 28, and you know, I kind of in the change room, I kind of speak to young lads a lot more than what you know I'd speak to the older boys. Um, I don't know why that is. I don't know whether it's just because I feel young in myself, or whether I just you know I can understand and relate to the younger lads a lot more. Or, you know, I try and help them through different situations, training sessions, and stuff. Or if they're ever feeling down, I always you know, just ask them if they're all right and stuff, what's bothering them. And I don't know, I just feel like I'm that bit in between where, you know, I can always go to the older guys for advice um, and speak to them. And then, you know, when the young lads need advice, I can be the one that's like in between, like yeah. saying what they're saying. So that's really good. I mean, the academy system here is, is unbelievable and a very different probably to when you were playing Paul. But what, but, what do you think of the quality of player we are producing now? Because it is pretty remarkable, isn't it, now? Yeah, it's frightening. I think some of the players that I've trained with, you know, not even just... Obviously, you've got Phil, who's, you know, one of the best... Unbelievable. Best young players in the world. You've got Rico, who's, you know, he's not played as much as what he liked, but I think once he starts playing... Last year, he was unbelievable when he yeah. played, and yeah. I think once he starts playing regularly, he'll, he'll just climb and climb and climb, and... You've got more young lads like um, there's Micah in the under-21s. There's a few more who, you know, you see him every day in training. Obviously, you know, the first session, they're always a little bit nervous and stuff like that. But I think, you know, once they get that out of the way and, you know, they're comfortable with the people that they're training with, then you can just see them grow and grow and grow as, as footballers. And, you know, I think that's important. I think because when I first came, I never thought it would be like that. I thought, you know, the academy boys would just train separate and, you know, the first team would be separate as well and they kind of use the academy boys a lot more than what I thought they would and you know I think that's amazing because it kind of Pep gets them in to mirror the the team we're about yeah. to play is that right yeah, yeah I know obviously I've watched I've seen some of the score lines and the way that you know the young lads have played in in games and stuff it's just it's frightening, it's frightening yeah. it? it is really it is really good and um you know the coaches and stuff obviously at the academy level they need to be proud of them because you know they are building talent for you know, next years to come. And um, I think obviously, you know, if we keep working hard, then a lot more players will come through to the first team. 
How would you assess your time at City so far? Obviously not played as much as you would have liked, but we're sat here today actually recording this podcast the day after a, a very strong performance from yourself against For- um, Nottingham Forest. I mean, firstly, delighted with, with the way you played yesterday, but how would you kind of assess everything, you know, since you've came, come to City? Yeah, I'd probably say it's, it's been long-winded. Yeah, it's been frustrating because of the injuries and stuff. And I think the first year I always knew that, you know, if I didn't, play much anyway I'd, I'd always you know take time to just try and understand the way that Pep wants me to play and stuff like that and you know that time has it has grown a little bit longer through the injuries that I've had and you know I think I just after that I just got my head down worked hard in pre-season and then came back and just wanted to I just want to play football that's all it is obviously you know I'm at the best team in the world I know that you know the talent here is unbelievable the players in my position are you know, world-class players and I just, any chance I get to play, obviously, you know, I'm up for it. I'm always ready and I think obviously yesterday was a good example because, you know, I never expected, you know, Rodri to come off with a red card and was be at 10 men, but then obviously the manager looked at me and gave me the opportunity and, you know, I just thought I need to perform in some sort, in some sort of way and, you know, luckily I did that and, and I was very... I wouldn't say I was happy with my performance, but I was just glad to, that obviously we didn't concede and, you know, I played a little bit of a part in that as well. Are you a confidence player, do you feel? Because some people, some players are kind of, they're not, it doesn't affect, you know, confidence doesn't affect their performance as much maybe, but then other players, you, you probably played with some in your time, Paul, where they needed to feel the love. I mean, we had Jack Grealish on, didn't we, on the on the podcast recently, and he, he said pretty much that, that, when Pep has backed him and played him, that's when he's felt more confident and therefore his performances have fallen. That goes hand in hand though, doesn't it? The mm-hmm. confidence comes with getting minutes and yeah. getting games and that's, the more games you get, the more yeah. confident you get, don't you? I think, yeah, confidence is a massive part of it. Obviously, I never thought before before I came here that, you know, confidence would be a problem in my game because, you know, I was playing at Leeds every single week and, you know, even when I come back from injury, I always knew that there's a chance that if I was fit, I'd, I'd play but it's not necessarily the case here. And you've got to be in top shape to play. You've got to be in 100% physical uh, ability to play. And um, and even if you are that, you know, there's obviously other players that are in the same situation as you that, you know, might have trained better than you that week or, you know, be a major part of the team for years before that. And But yeah, I'd probably say this this last year or so, some of the confidence haven't been, you know, the best. But I think... You know, the more and more I play, the more minutes I get. And, you know, that's another thing when I go with England, obviously I play as well. And Gav Southgate trusts me a lot to play with me as well. So I think, obviously, you know, the time that I go away with England, it gives me a lot of confidence because I know there's a chance that I'm going to play. And then to come back, I'm obviously in better shape. I'm obviously more confident then. And then come back from international duty and then obviously get the chance like yesterday to play. And yeah, I just relish being on the pitch. I relish you know, playing with the best players in the world and against some of the best players in the world. And that's what I want to do, so. We have um, a set of questions that we asked every guest. So we're going to run through those with you. So the first one is, what one thing you would change about football? And when we first started asking this, it was very much about the rules of the game, but actually we've just broadened it out now to just football generally. If if there's one thing you could change, what would it be? I'd like it to go back to old school rules. You're allowed to tackle. Not a yellow card straight away. There is a lot of protection of 
players and it's a fine I mean, offside I, offside handball's handball and all yeah. that sort of yeah, yeah. There, was no, there was no grey area there was there yeah. I mean I, I sometimes watch Premier League years on Sky and you watch the sort of mid 90s to 2000s and the tackles were Patrick Vieira and Roy Keane right? yeah I mean it's different isn't it it's class yeah yeah. I'd say that I'd say yeah. old school rules bit more that. obviously uh, I know it's protection you know for the players and stuff and I understand that which you know nowadays you know in this day and age you've got to look after your players and stuff like that but I just feel like old school rules suits me down Do you think maybe it's gone a, a little too far with the protection thing and that the tackles have been not I out think more, so but, I think because yeah. some people can you know, they can simulate a little bit, they can dive and stuff and it gets to that point where, you know, if people are diving then and they're getting penalties and stuff, then, you know, the blame gets on the ref and stuff like that. So, you know, I think if you just take it back to old school rules, you know, foul's a foul. And if you don't blow up, then it's not a foul. Sounds like when you were playing Paul. <laughs> I loved it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what was the last thing you binged? Is there like a, a book you've read, a series you've watched on Netflix, a film that you loved, you know, something culturally that um, you really enjoyed? Not the last thing that I've been. My favourite one's Game of Thrones. Yeah. Love Game of Thrones. I've watched it about four times all the way through and there's that new one out, House of Dragons as yeah. well. I've watched that. I'll probably say, probably the last thing that I've watched was The Equaliser 3. Yeah. Went to the cinema to watch that. I like Denzel Washington, so, so I watch all his films. To watch Game of Thrones four times, that's quite dedicated because there's a lot of it in there. I've never yeah. watched it, but there's, there's yeah. loads of it. There's eight seasons of Game of Thrones. But I loved could, it, but you've got to watch it again to remember what's happening. Yeah, you got to you got to watch it again and over and over to understand exactly what's going on. And like the more you watch it, the more you like realize. So you oh, get more each so time you watch it, you're getting more from it. So yeah. and so and yeah. so and so. Yeah. Brilliant. Thank you very yeah. much, Calvin. We really appreciate yeah. you coming on. We know you've yeah trained this morning, having played yesterday. You probably just want to go and enjoy your Sunday. But thank you for joining us. Really appreciate it. No problem. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. The official Manchester City podcast. There we have it. Our interview with Calvin Phillips there, who was typically unguarded and typically honest, which that's exactly what we want on this podcast, isn't it? Yeah, it is, and you wouldn't have expected anything anything less, you know, and just interesting talking about the, the confidence side of games as well. And you know, I think I said in there I don't I don't care what player it is, if you need minutes on the pitch to, to start getting that confidence to beat your best again. You know, he said he's getting that when he goes away to England. And I think, um, you know, everybody involved in Manchester City wants him to get the minutes to the pitch and, and show, and for him to show do what Calvin Phillips can do. They love him. You know, the, the information I've had is that the England self think extremely highly of him. You know, Gareth and the, the technical staff, and he's very, very highly regarded, isn't he? He is, and you can see why when you see him play. And he is here. You know, he's just got to, he's been unfortunate with his injuries probably up against the best defensive midfielder in Rodri in the competition for him as well. Best number six in the world is, is ahead of him in the air. And, you know, and Calvin has said there, he's, he's, he'll bide his time when he gets his chance. Hopefully that's going to be within the next few games. The Rodri being suspended and, and he'll take it, I'm sure he will. Such a family man as well, which is one thing I really love. Comes across every time he, he, he talks. It's he, so genuine that, isn't it? The love he has for, for those. It is, and, and that can be a big release, not just for Calvin, for... You know, it's a release for the players sometimes, you know, it's that intense when they're in the training ground, intense from Monday to Friday, midweek games, Saturdays, you know, and to have a good family behind you and obviously Calvin, Calvin has that, it's, it's huge for players. I'd have liked to have, um, if we'd have had more time, maybe spent a little bit more time on Bielsa because I feel like there was little 
smirks and smiles there that this it's definitely there's definitely some great stories about guy isn't there you played under a lot of different managers your perception of him from afar blc look pretty unique character isn't it it did oh, in the nicest possible way i used to think it was a little bit weird <laughs> but then you know i think if andy's got any doubts about blc look at the best manager in the world probably one of the best managers that's ever been that talks so highly of him so i think that that tells a story in itself and Speaking to Calvin, you know, obviously I've played for Leeds at a short spell. There's still some people there that I know. And the biggest thing was atten attention to detail. You know, and Calvin touched it there and we said we could be out there for two and a half hours sometime working the same thing till he got it right. But, you know, it obviously works because uh, we got them back, back into the Premier League where a lot of Leeds fans felt that they'd been away for too long. I also found it really interesting when he just openly admitted how he is shy and he struggles to integrate, which, I don't know, for a, to hear a footballer say it, it it's nice, it's quite refreshing actually because we all have anxieties, we all have um, you know those things that fly through our mind. Are we are we confident enough? Are we good enough to do this? And but it's in football, it kind of like you, it's almost like you can't admit stuff like that sometimes. It's quite a tough environment. It is, it? and it's you know especially back when when I played, that was seen as a weakness. You know, so you'd, you would have to put on this front all the time. When you did, the anxiety does kick in, especially, in, we spoke about it, when, when you do go to a new club, it plays in your mind until you get the first couple of days out of the way, even though you might have played against them or you might know some of them. There's just that, that pressure you put on yourself to be accepted by your teammates. It's the same with any job, presumably. We, we've all done that, haven't we? We've all changed jobs, gone to different places, and, you know, the night before, it's horrible. So, yeah, but no, to hear him talk about it, I really enjoyed. And and just one final thing. I mean, he's just a, he's just a thoroughly decent chap, isn't he? It? And it's, it's quite nice, actually, to to know that we've got players like that in Manchester City squad, I think. And as and look, I think it's, it's paramount in, in any player that we sign now. The recruitment, we all know, is fantastic. But there's a... It's what's the person like first, because uh, they've got to come into what is already, we've said, an unbelievably close, tight net changing room, and they've got to fit into that. And I do know that the recruitment side of things with the club, who the person is, what they're like, is, is a huge part of it. It's obviously being talented helps. Thanks so much, Paul. Really Pleasure. appreciate Anytime. it. Anytime. And those of you listening at home, thank you so much for joining us. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever it is you do your podcast listening. And until next time, take care of one another and please do join us again soon. The official Manchester City podcast. Subscribe and follow now so you never miss an episode.